The scripture reading today is from Matthew, chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. Do not judge so that you may not be judged, for with judgment you make you will be judged, and the measure you give will be met the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye, while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eyes. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them underfoot and turn and maul you. Ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if a child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In this section of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives us four pieces of wisdom. Four of them. Any one of which, if we put them into practice, would be transformational for our lives. You see, this is the apex of the Sermon on the Mount. This is the the final teaching passage. Next week, Jesus moves on to application as he concludes the sermon, where he says, don't pay attention to false prophets, pay attention to me. And if you do, your lives will bear much fruit. If you do, your lives will be built on the solid rock. Next week, Jesus talks about how we should apply his words. But here, in this section of the Sermon on the Mount, we find the crescendo. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The single greatest statement on ethics in the world concludes with those words. Let's look at this passage together and try to understand these four transformational truths that Jesus gives us in the final part of the teaching here in the Sermon on the Mount. First, I want to point something out. These first two sections in Matthew chapter 7. The first section says this, It starts with, do not judge so that you may not be judged. Good. We should not be people of judgment. Except then we get down to verse 6. And verse 6 says, don't give what is holy to dogs. Don't cast your pearls before swine or they'll trample them underfoot and then turn on you. Now, here's what I think is so fascinating. Jesus begins by telling us not to judge. We who have been forgiven should not be people of judgment. But then he goes on to say that we must have at least enough discernment to decide who the dogs, the swine, who those that might want to trample on our treasures and then come after us might be. So how do we go from people who, as those who have been forgiven, refuse to judge, how do we go from that place to being those who are, in fact, able to employ godly discernment. We can't judge. But we must, with wisdom, discern. How do we do that? Well, that's 
what Jesus teaches us in verses 2 through 5. He says, don't judge so that you will not be judged, for with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. The way I judge, I will be judged. And what I give, I'm going to get. And some of us might be saying, I kind of like that. Maybe what that means is that if, if I'm a rule follower, if I do what I'm supposed to do, then then I, I can actually tell other people how wrong they are, the mistakes that they've made <laughs> in their lives. If I follow the rules, it should allow me to judge those who have made poor choices, right? Just as a public service announcement, I want to remind us that Consistently throughout the Bible, Jesus' favorite target were those who were self-righteous. Jesus says, what we give, we will get. And there is going to be a day that we all stand before God. What will we need in that moment? More than anything else in that moment, what we will need is grace. And Jesus tells us what we give, we will get. And in case we missed the point, he then goes on to say this. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but don't notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye while there's a log in your eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to speak, to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Take out the log. Jesus says, take out the log. The log, what would it look like? What would it look like in your life to take out the log? What is it? Maybe it's a big past mistake you've made, a big mistake. And perhaps it's been following you for some time, for so long that it's weighed you down. It's influenced, it's colored the way you see everyone else. You you have made a mistake, therefore you're just waiting for others to make mistakes as well as that the log in your eye. And would today be the day you'd let Jesus take it out? Maybe the law, the log in my eye is that I've only ever had one perspective in my life. I've only ever chosen to see the world from one point of view. I've never, never sought to try and understand what someone else is, is understanding or where someone else is coming from. Maybe I hold grudges. I've been hurt before and now I'm just expecting someone else to hurt me. Maybe I've been a resistor to positive change, even positive change. Some change needs to happen and maybe I've chosen never, never, never to be one who goes along with it. Maybe I've chosen to give up or to give in. Maybe throughout the course of my life I've had a negative attitude. We all have these logs in our eyes. All of us. It's one of the unifying elements of our humanity. The log is is our sin. It's our mistake. And Jesus says something really powerful here. He says the only way we could ever dream of actually helping someone get the speck out of their eye is if first we allow God to do a spiritual procedure on us. And remove 
that log. I just, I wonder what is that log? What is that thing, that piece of brokenness inside of you? It's caused you to not trust, to not love, to be so afraid that we sit in judgment over other people. Here's the first life-changing lesson Jesus Christ gives us. Examine yourself. Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. Jesus tells us that when we try to sit in judgment of others, we look ridiculous and absurd to our God because we have a log hanging out of our eyes. Examine yourself, Jesus says. And that, in turn, will help us lead to greater discernment will help us show grace and love to others, not judgment. I had a log in my eye once, and Jesus Christ helped me get it out. Now, I don't sit in judgment of you, but brother, our sister, I can help you. Examine yourself. And that will lead to discernment. See, when I'm spending time examining myself, it becomes pretty clear who around me is not spending similar time examining themselves. And I'm, I'm not supposed to sit in judgment of that person. I'm not supposed to condemn that person. But Jesus says we would be wise not to give our treasures, not to cast our pearls for those who would simply choose to do violence or trample them underfoot. I wonder how many of us are, are continuing to cast our pearls before those who don't even take notice, who trample them underfoot and, and just keep right on moving. I want to talk particularly to the young people in the audience today for just this moment. Because as I think about this passage about casting pearls before poor swine, it reminds me of my middle school and my high school career. When I spent so much of my life trying to get the right people to like me. And there were so many times they never even took notice. I spent so much of my time casting my pearls before people who just didn't care. And you know, if I had it to do all over again, here's what I would do. Instead of, instead of trying to get other people to like me and accept me, I'd ask the question, who around me needs a friend? Not what do I need from someone else, but who could use the treasures that God has blessed me with? Who could benefit from my time and my attention and my love? Here's the second lesson that Jesus teaches us that could be life transforming. Use wisdom in discerning where to invest your treasures. It doesn't mean that I'm condemning anybody 
It's not, it's not my job, though. It's not my job to bring salvation to other people. God is the one who does that. It is my job to ask, who could benefit from the treasures of my time and my attention and my love? And ironically, it's quite likely that the one who could most benefit from the treasures of my time, attention, and love would be the very people that of my own accord I would have been inclined to judge if Jesus hadn't told me not to back in verse 1. Life-changing lesson number one, examine yourself. Life-changing lesson number two, use wisdom in discerning where to invest your treasures. That takes us to a third lesson. It's in this section that Jesus uses these words. He says, ask and it will be given unto you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for everyone who asks receives and Everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there any among you for, if, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone, or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If then you are evil, you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven good, give good things to those who ask him? Now, Jesus tells us in this passage, he says, ask Seek, knock. And they they seem to us in English to be almost three different endeavors. But the truth is, if if we were to go back to the, the time in which Jesus was speaking and the people to whom he was speaking, ask is certainly language of prayer, but in the Old Testament, so is searching. Searching after God is very much language used in prayer. And in in the wisdom literature in particular, the language of knock, knocking is language that refers back to prayer. And so Jesus is is saying something poetic here, but essentially the lesson is pray, pray, pray. That's what Jesus is telling us. Pray, pray, pray. And then, then he says, who among you, if your child asked for for a stone or a bread, would give them a stone? If they asked for a, a fish, would give them a snake? Because, you see, some of us throughout the course of our lives, we've asked God for something. We, we've sought after something. We've knocked and God hasn't given it to us. One of the interesting things about where this sermon was taking place in, in Israel is that so many of the stones in Israel are, are small, flat, round stones that would remind you both in color and shape of a small loaf of unleavened bread. Many of the fish in Israel have kind of an eel-like look to them. They might remind you of a snake in the water. These things look similar to one another. And if throughout the course of my life I have asked and God hasn't given, if I've sought and God hasn't given, if I've knocked and God hasn't given, it's very possible that I was asking God for a stone and God was trying to give me the bread that I needed. I was asking God for a for a a snake. And God loves me too much to give me a snake. So God gave me a fish instead. Jesus Christ tells us in this passage, pray, 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 and then trust that your heavenly Father will give you what you need. 
Examine yourself. Use wisdom in discerning where to invest your treasures. Pray, 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 and then trust that your Heavenly Father will give you exactly what you need. And here's the final lesson. In everything, do unto others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets, the two major components of the Old Testament Scripture. Jesus is telling us the Scriptures are fulfilled when we treat others as we would want to be treated. The single greatest statement on ethics, on how we treat one another in human history, finds its apex, its crescendo in these words. If we want to make it really, really simple, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. What does that mean for me? For me, it means I want people to have grace for me. When I make a mistake, I, I want people to have grace for me. Therefore, I must have grace for others. I want, I want people to believe I'm competent. <laughs> My wife and I often talk about the demise of expertise in this world the demise of the value of expertise, rather. Expertise still exists, but because of a number of different things, so often we fail to value the expertise that others bring to the table. I've, I've been on the receiving end of that lack of valuation, but I've also at times been someone who fails to value the competency of others. I want others to treat me as if I am competent. Therefore, I must treat others as if they are competent. But somehow, somehow, all of this, this simple, simple, basic understanding of, of how we should interact with one another, this ethical understanding, it's gotten convoluted. Somehow, we've reversed it. And we'll say, that person didn't treat me as if I am competent, therefore I will not treat them as if they are competent. They didn't give me grace, therefore I won't give them grace. They didn't show respect, I won't show them respect. But that's not what Jesus told us to do, is it, church? Not to treat others as we have been treated, but to treat them as we would like to be treated. That breaks the cycle. And I am not going to lose my integrity and disobey the God who gave his life for me because someone else was disrespectful. No. I'm going to treat others the way I would like to be treated because that is what Jesus Christ told me to do. Four lessons. In this crescendo, this apex of the Sermon on the Mount, four lessons, any one of which, if we put them into practice, could transform our lives, examine ourselves. It is not, it is not, it is not our task to sit in judgment of others. Rather, it's our task to help them. And the only way we can do that is if we work with Jesus to get that log out of our eyes. Use wisdom in discerning where to invest your treasures, your time and, and your affection and your love. Who are you pouring into? 
visit the popular and the wealthy and those who can do us favors in return? Or is it actually the one who needs my affection and my love the most? Jesus says, pray, 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 and then trust that your Father in heaven will never give you a stone when you need bread. He'll never give you a snake when you need a fish. Pray, 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 and trust your God will give you exactly what you need. And finally, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.